Loveland is such a great place to live. That's the wrong answer. I'm Vi. And I'm Tay. And this is All the Wrong Answers, baby. Um, so today I'm telling my girl Tay the story. And I'm going to show Taylor a picture of Ashley. And you posted that photo I on did, our Instagram. Okay. But I just. Oh, shit. The cow makes it even cuter. I know. I know. Just. Just a genuine smile, as you can already tell. But anyway, this is my hometown case of Ashley Doolittle. Like Dr. Doolittle? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know it's not funny to laugh at. Continue. <laughs> Ashley was born May 20th, 1998. And her family, so she has her parents, Jeff and Anne Marie Doolittle, and then her brothers, Michael and Brandon. Okay, she was young. She was 18. Yikes. Yeah. So Ashley was born and raised in Colorado. Prior to moving to Berthet, Ashley grew up in Lafayette and attended Louisville Middle School and Centaurus High School. Been to Centaurus. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's it. Enough said. Enough said. And she went there through her sophomore year. The family then relocated to a home on three acres in South Loveland and... From, if you're from Loveland, you understand that, like, South Loveland, that's farmland, that's... I don't think I've ever been to South Loveland. I've been literally to where your apartment was, and then I got the fuck out of there. Well, you've been, you've been to South Loveland. You've been in and around there. You know how it's just, like, fields, and then all of a sudden it's Loveland? Sh- sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, they gathered a collection of dogs, horses, and get, you'll, you'll like this one. They had a miniature donk- donkey named Eddie. Don't tell Gabe. <laughs> but I want a donkey now. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley would take um, Eddie on walks to the mailbox to get their mail. But Ashley loves horse, loved horses, and she grew that love when she was a toddler, and she would help her grandfather care for the horses that he bought. And then she started riding the horses when she was around five and showing the horses when she was about eight. And then from there, her passion... Um, took on like leadership roles basically she was named um boulder county's boulder county fair and rodeo lady in waiting the year prior to her death i don't know what that means i'm sorry so i'm from california you're funny you're fine <laughs> so basically at the rodeo there's the queens and ladies in waiting that'll ride around horses around the track holding the flags and all uh, of that okay. okay and so she was the lady in waiting basically becoming the rodeo queen next year okay i see and um so children would flock to her at the shows and like ask her for autographs and all this and like this i was reading this and i was like this just speaks to such like what a character ashley was because her mom Anne marie would recall one instance when a little girl beamed after meeting ashley and Anne marie asked ashley if she just signed her name like just like a signature called it that And Ashley looked up at her and goes, no, I write a special message for each of the kids individually that can relate to them and help inspire them. Hmm. And I was like, wow, like you're going to take the time out of your day 
to write a specific message for each of these kids. That, that's a good role model mm-hmm. right there, you know? Absolutely. Um, Ashley was a good student and was involved in many activities outside of school. Ashley's always, Ashley always said, horses are my life. And they had just built a home in Loveland where she could enjoy all of her horses. And so she, she won many championships while in the 4-H. She was also involved in horse judging competitions and was named champion individual overall at the 2014 Western National 4-H Roundup. That is a mouthful. Anyway, let's her. get into <sighs> Dirtbag himself, Tanner Flores. Okay. All right. Tanner was 19 years old, mm-hmm. blonde hair, blue eyes, six foot tall. Sounds like a golden retriever. <laughs> Sorry. Except n- not nice. Like a golden chihuahua. Golden chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they had been dating for either just under a year or just about a year. Okay. So Tanner Flores dropped out of high school before graduating and had plans on working in his family trucking business. Uh, Sounds like he had good aspirations. Well, sarcastically Daddy, speaking, Daddy Sean said all he ever wanted to do was work, and he, and he said I told him if he knew what direction he was going, I was okay with him dropping out. Not your future is going to depend on how much you work. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I was like, mm, okay. All right. So Saturday, June fourth, Ashley and Tanner go on a hike together near Estes Park to discuss their relationship. And if you don't know where Estes Park is, it's like 45-ish minutes, probably more, from south side of Loveland. Just like through windy-ass roads and shit. Um, Flora said that he thought things were good between the two of them at this point. Sunday, June 5th, Flores and Doolittle arrive separately at the Sundance Steakhouse and Saloon in Fort Collins. Ashley appeared to not want to talk to Tanner, and one witness testifies he grabbed her at one point and spun her around, attempting to have a conversation, and then Ashley left without speaking to him. Monday, June 6th, Doolittle communicated to Tanner Flores she had ended their relationship, and the two met up at Lawn Hagler to discuss why. Lawn Hagler is a lake. Okay, I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> the fuck is Lawn Hagler? Cool. <laughs> yeah, Lawn Hagler is a lake. One time I saw a boat capsize there. Yep. So it's a big-ass lake. No. <laughs> okay. Not one of our biggest ones. Okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. Um, by the end of the conversation, Flores was under the impression that they had reconciled and they were still together. Okay. The two went together to move hay for his grandfather after that. Tuesday, June 7th, Ashley had plans to go to w- with friends to the Sundance again, but tells Tanner she doesn't want him to come. Tanner contacts Ashley later that night, claiming he locked his keys in his truck and needs her to come to get him. She ignores okay. this text message. Wednesday, June 8th, Ashley agrees to help Tanner take a load of scrap metal to sell later that afternoon. Tanner goes through Ashley's phone, finding text messages between her and two other males, which he feels are flirtatious, and indicates to him she has essentially cheated on him in the previous days. Do you have any other proof besides, like, no, he's a douchebag. Okay. Um, Sounds like he's grabbing at fucking straw that's yeah. not there. Tanner texted Ashley and said, You probably just cheated on me. I hope you realize what you threw away. I gave you everything and spent so much money on you. You were too busy trying to fuck Tori and Jared behind my back. You are nothing near loyal. I'm going to do something stupid now. Bye. 
Those messages, what were you going to say? The <laughs> audacity that some men have to be like, the money I spent on you, like, you're nothing now. I'm going to go do something stupid. Yeah, like, I didn't off, ask you to spend that money on yeah, me. I, I didn't ask you to spend money on me. And second, second off, like, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you're your own person. Like, don't, you can't be like, you controlled me to do this because... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you, you to spend that money will. on me. <laughs> yeah, you have free will, Eat a dick. <laughs> Those messages were sent June 8th, 2016. Doolittle was reported missing the following night. Flores contacts both of the men, and Doolittle is allegedly angry about this conflict. Mm -hmm. And then um, Tanner and Ashley end their relationship again. Okay. Tanner goes to Ashley's house to retrieve his belongings and the jewelry he had purchased for her. What a douchebag move. Yeah. I'm not trying... I, I, I mean... I, I don't understand that. Like, if I've bought in someone things, even if we're friends, not friends anymore, like, just keep your shit. I don't want it back anyways. Yeah. Like, like I don't want it. No. Like, I... Oh, if anything, if I Brent. have something of an ex's, I'll let my cat Lucifer piss on it. See, all <laughs> of the things that I have of my ex's are still in my parents' basement. Because I'm just like, I don't know what to do, do with, with it. it. Yeah. I get it. Like... Uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> Thursday, June 9th, in the morning, Ashley and Tanner communicate about meeting. Tanner is persistent in his text, confirming, confirming and reconfirming when she is supposed to meet him at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. Ashley had to cancel this because she had to do a, a rodeo royalty event. Sure. So they agree to meet later in the day. Mm -hmm. um, she... Ashley texts him and says, I never cheated on you. I never did anything with anyone else while we were together. Our relationship has been over for a long time, long time, and I wanted to be friends, but that is impossible. Tanner still insisted on meeting with Ashley and said in another message, Can we meet tonight, Ashley? Please. I won't survive. And this badass bitch goes, Yes, you will. Good for her. Yeah, right? Good for like, her. you'll live. Um... Flores takes his father's pistol and testifies he went shooting near Carter Lake that morning. Is that a shoot-friendly area? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of private property. Mm. So it's kind of like if you have friends up there, if you have... You can bar their property. You can it. do it on their property. It's okay. a lot of a lot of rich people live up by Carter Lake. Okay. So Okay, pinkies up. And a lot of Republicans. Pinkies up. Pinkies up. And no women rights. Yep. Thursday afternoon, the gun remains in the backseat of Flores' truck, despite him going back home shortly after. Ashley runs errands to a tire shop and bank in Loveland, while Flores continues to communicate with her that they are going to meet. Shortly after, Ash... Er... Fuck. Flores meets Doolittle at the parking area by Long Hagler Reservoir. The two reportedly discuss the breakup. Flores drives Doolittle to Cardle Carter Lake. Which... If I'm... In the midst of breaking up with a man, I am not going fucking anywhere with him. Well, that, but also, like, Lon Hagler is, like, here. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go all the way back up here to go to Carter Lake. So, so it's, it's like, like a... It's like a five-mile drive? No, it's way it's more than five mile? miles. It's, but it's, like... It's, it's a twi it's here. twisty turn road. It's a twisty turny road. It's... I don't know. I don't like that road. <laughs> but they're on the way up to Carter Lake. A lot of people 
who are from Loveland and in their surrounding areas will know what I'm talking about. There's like the overlook, mm-hmm. kind of like a lover's lane kind of, but there could only oh, okay. be one car there at a time basically. Okay. But it's really cool to like look over the city with all the night lights on. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <sighs> on the way back, Tanner asks what he can do to get back together with her. Ashley tries to get out of the truck and Tanner drives off, preventing her from doing so. Tanner then testifies that Ashley gave him a look of disgust and turned away from him inside the truck. The two were on County Road 21 between County Road 8 and 8E. Flores said that he reached behind the seat, grabbed the gun, and shot her in the head. When she didn't immediately die, he shot her twice more. Yeah. Isn't that a little overkill? Like, I'm not, I mean, and I'm not defending what he did at all in the slightest, but, like, a girl was shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Once was even too many times. Well, in his testimonies and stuff, he says that he thought that people died instantaneously from getting shot in the head, so he shot her um, two more times to sh- put her out of her misery. Did he shoot her point blank? or mm-hmm. like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, literally driving, reached up, pop. damn. Yeah. Tanner then sent a text message from Ashley's phone to his own saying that she wasn't going to meet with him. Wow, that's some shady shit and lack of remorse. It's disgusting. Yeah. Ashley was expected home by 7.30 and her parents reported her missing just before 8. The sheriffs didn't do the thing that they always do with kids, do they? She no. She was a runaway? No. Okay. Ashley was very prominent in this, and they're like, she's not going to run away. Yeah. What's the, what's the point in that? Um, but her family members also found her unoccupied vehicle at Lawn Hagler. Mm-hmm. So they were like... She met up with she, him. Her vehicle's gone. She mm-hmm. just ended a one-year relationship. Mm-hmm. This isn't a runaway. Yeah. Yeah, this is not right. Yeah. So, Thursday evening, both of them were reported missing. Oh, Flores didn't go back home? Nope. Mm, Shocking. After the shooting, um, Tanner covers Ashley's body with a blanket, still in the front seat of his truck, and drives to his deceased great-grandfather's property 40 miles from Grand Junction in Colburn. So, he... Grand Junction? Yeah. Yeah. So, he... So, he drove from Loveland... Yep. To, to the other side of Colorado. Uh-huh. Six hours away. Even more than that, because it's six hours from Loveland to Alamosa. Alamosa. It's four. Five. Five and a half. Five. Five and a half. Five. Traffic sucks right now. Yeah. Um, or road work. But that's almost near Utah. Yeah. That's, like, right at the border. Yeah. Yeah. Along the way, Tanner threw both of their phones out the window of the truck, And, sorry, Tanner arrived at his great-grandfather's property around 10 p.m., breaking the glass out of the back door to gain entry, eventually bringing Ashley's body inside the house. He then attempts to clean the blood off her face and her body, wash her blood-soaked clothes, and put them back on her. Tanner testifies he spent the rest of the evening Uh, watching cartoons on the TV and slept in the chair. I'm sorry. Did did you say that he washed her her clothes? Her clothes. And put them back on her? Back on her? Mm Mm-hmm. Wash your clothes, wash your body, wash your face. Yep. What in the necrophilia is happening right now? I mean, I'm sure he didn't have sex with the body. 
he didn't. Hopefully, but no. that is some creepy. Yeah. That is some creepy stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, isn't it? Friday, June 10th, Suzanne White, which is Tanner's grandmother, contacts Samantha White. They're not related. They have no relation okay. to each other. Okay. They just have the same last name. Cool. To see if Tanner's white truck is at his great-grandfather's property. And this is because Samantha lived next door to the great-grandfather. Okay. Sam confirms she sees the truck and authorities are notified. Samantha also testified that she saw, excuse me, she saw Tanner throw two blood-soaked rags out into a field near the house and took a rolled-up mat, later identified as the mat that was missing, missing, well, um, had Ashley inside oh. out of the home. And um, that was the point where Samantha was like, I am watching his every motherfucking move. So, like, snaps to Samantha for, like, looking outside, noticing it, being like, this That's is suspicious. a miss. Sookie. Sookie. <laughs> You're fine. Um, yeah, so they watched hmm. her move. He watched, oh, my gosh. Sam watched him move her body from the back, into the backseat of his truck. Did, did, did she, like, report it? Or at the time, did she, like, not really think? that there was a body. She reported it okay, because good, good, good they, they good asked. Her. Good for her. They asked if his car was there. Good for her. Um, police and SWAT team arrive at the property and contact Tanner inside the house over a PA system. Tanner exits the house, is complacent, and is taken into custody. Flores is questioned by the investigator Danny Norris and Larimer County Sheriff Officer Investigator Drew Webb. Flores initially claims Doolittle was shot accidentally, later recanting and admitting to actually shooting her. There was a videotaped interview that shows Tanner telling Norris that Ashley grabbed the revolver from his backseat and pointed it at herself. And he told the investigator that the gun fired when he tried to wrestle it from her. And then he shot her again, five to second, five to 10 seconds later to end her pain. So, but within minutes of during this interview, Sookie, we can hear you on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Flores changed his story after Norris challenged it by saying he doubted somewhere, somewhere, someone familiar with weapons would handle a gun that carelessly. Tanner eventually admitted that after Ashley glared at him and looked out the passenger window, he grabbed the gun and shot her twice in the back of the head. When she didn't die instantly, he shot her again. Flores and the investigator moved their chairs side by side to reenact the shooting with Flores holding a red propped gun to the back of the investigator's head. Flores said he shot Doolittle in the head rather than the chest because he thought people do not die instantly when they were shot in the chest. And he said, quote, I just thought it would be an instant thing. Like I'm, yuck. Examinations by Webb of both Doolittle and Flores' phone records show Flores sending a text message from Doolittle's phone to his own stating, I'm not meeting you today at 426 on June 9th, shortly after the estimated time of Doolittle's death. It's okay. Stop. (laughs) Calm down, dog. Flores was charged. Flores was found guilty of first-degree murder, felony murder, and second-degree kidnapping because of the murder charge, the life sentence with no parole was automatic. So, in the end, he got life plus 32 years in prison. Good. Yeah. And then, Ashley was named the 2016 Boulder Care County Fair Rodeo Lady-in-Waiting. Rodeo Lady in Waiting. 
And then she was crowned in 2017. They crowned her for that. Oh, that's sweet. Kind of like a memorial. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a lot of this information I got off of the Ashley Doolittle Foundation. And with um, domestic violence, with that month just passing us, domestic violence awareness just passing us. October. I wanted to leave with this message. Nearly 1.5 million high school students nationwide experience physical abuse by by a dating partner each year. Girls and young women ages 16 to 24 experience the highest rate of intimate partner violence, and violent behavior often begins between the 6th and 12th grades. About one-third of teens who were in, were in violent relationships ever told anyone about the abuse. And 81% of parents either do not think or do not know if teenage dating violence is an issue. So please listen to these warning signs, and if these apply to you, there will be the national... Um, domestic violence abuse hotline in this in the show notes call it they will get you help here are the warning signs checking your cell phone or email without permission constantly putting you down extremely jealous or insecure implosive implosive temper isolating you from family or friends making false accusations mood swings physically hurting you in any way possessiveness telling you what to do and or pressuring you or forcing you to have sex. So I was going to say, especially with that last one, it's super important to understand that it's, it's not just physical abuse. It's emotional abuse, sexual abuse. Um, and I know it's really hard for a lot of women and men Absolutely. Uh, to, to get away from their partners if they think like, oh, this is it. This is all I have. Um, my mom was in a DV relationship when I was a kid and uh, watching her go through it and like be the type of woman that she is and was she was a boss ass woman she fought back she didn't put up for shit she still is a boss ass bitch yeah but for all those individuals out there who need help there are women's shelters there's a men's shelter in almost every single county. I know we're a small town here, but we have one too. Yeah. So reach out to a shelter. Usually they have safe havens mm-hmm. that you can go to. Don't feel the need to stick with someone who is abusing you. Because in the long run, there's nothing good that's going to come out of it. No, no. I mean, especially for yourself like you're just gonna lose who you are as a person being in those types of relationships and I know it's hard to think that you lost that connection with your family if if them taking you away from your family is something that happened you will never lose your family reach out yeah reach Reach out. out say I am just now realizing what a awful situation I am in please can you help me can I stay at your house can I do anything. this? Anything. And I bet you more than not, they are going to say, absolutely, welcome home. We love you. Absolutely. And with that, pedophiles, domestic abusers, rapists, and murderers, you have all, all the, the wrong, wrong answers. answers.